Welcome to the Serie A Show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the City A Show. Hope you are all doing very well. Since we had the midweek fixtures, this is going to be a mixture of a review and a preview for the upcoming weekend. So, Chloe, Nima, how are you two? Yeah, fine, thank you. I'm good. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm enjoying. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not as bitter as Antonio Conte for for playing every three days. But I, it's, it's, it's a different. It's a, um, uh, it's a different. Um, it's not what we're used to, if we put it that way. Well, for these midweek fixtures, there seemed to be a certain theme, and it wasn't a great <laughs> one. And the theme was refereeing mistakes, which is something we have talked about quite extensively here, including. <laughs> The, we have the technology of VAR, but we still keep getting all of these important decisions wrong. So because there's literally a handful of them that we can start with, let's start with the one that seems to be drawing most of the talking points, particularly on social media. Ah, the, the, the Cristiano Ronaldo penalty, Juve Genoa. Chloe, I'll start with you. I'll just, what's your opinion on it? Certainly, it, it, let me start, well, let me just say, I I thought it was incredibly soft, and that that is all I will say. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, it's it, it's one of those where it there were probably in in the whole um, this midweek and last weekend there were probably worse errors. In fact, there were worse errors. Um, but obviously the ones involving Juve are going to get the most attention. Um, I think it, you're right, John, I agree it was soft. Whether it was a clear and obvious error, I'm not quite sure, but I, I definitely think there were worse examples than that. For me, the problem is not that they gave a penalty for that. For me, is the lack of consistency when when I think it was Rugani who punched, uh, who did something similarly to, uh, to a Genoa player, and that was not given a penalty. I mean, I think Luca Marelli... The, the the ex-referee and who cover, covers refereeing decisions um, brilliantly said it best. Either they're both penalties or they're none of them are penalties. That's what I have an issue. Yeah, with. consistency. That yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's my issue with 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 those with with that particular with that with that particular issue with that particular challenge or that particular situation. Either they're both penalties or none of them are penalties. That's fair. I, I Well, just very quickly, getting away from the refereeing decisions, um, I actually think that Tiago Malta has this Genoa setup quite well, yeah? Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's it's clearly, it's clear, I mean, he's not playing 2-7-2 or whatever <laughs> he was saying. I mean, it, it, that was clearly just nonsense. But he, what he's got is a very dynamic midfield, and it's looking really interesting in the movement they have. I mean, they're they're pretty much playing like all teams do, to be honest. Uh, all modern teams are doing. Um, it, it's it's he's definitely an interesting appointment. This Genoa side are playing good football, and and Kwame is is looking. I mean, he's only twenty one years old. He's already scored five goals. It, it's looking really good. Um, uh, I really like Gilione. I, I think he's uh, he's a really interesting uh, fullback. Um, there's a lot of young fullbacks coming through, uh, or just young Italian players generally spoken about, but I think Pellegrini at Cagliari and Gilione at Genoa are really exciting to watch. 
From a Juve perspective, though, Chloe, this was one, and I know he's one of your favorite players, but Rugani, <laughs> oh my word, shocking, <laughs> absolutely shockingly bad. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't, I was I was watching Fiorentina on my laptop, and Juve was on the TV, so I, I only caught glimpses of it. But yeah, uh, he he's not um, revolutionized under Sarri, is he? he's he's. Uh, He's he's just not not a good defender, plain and simple. And you know the the way he keeps getting in. Well, he doesn't keep getting new base team, but um, the way, the reason that he's not been sold yet is beyond me. I don't know. Maybe nobody wants him. Uh, well, Roma were after him, but I think they were put off by the asking price of thirty yeah, million euros. Which much. listen, if Daniele Rugani is a thirty million euro player, I, I think we have some major reevaluating to do um, in terms of the transfer market. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't obviously the most convincing of performances from Juve. But Nima, as you've alluded to in the past, I mean, ultimately they get the win and. That's what it's all about. They remain at the top of the table. Um, this past weekend, Inter, they had the opportunity to jump them, but they dropped points to Parma. But we're being critical of their performance, but nonetheless, they stay at the top of the table. Um, all right, well, what, what, sh- uh, what should the next refereeing era I think I, 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 that we I discuss talk about- be? I want to talk about the Roma one because I have looked at that now 15 different angles and I don't understand how he gets that into a red card. I That's 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 barely even a free kick. I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. And, and you have the VAR and you still get... I, I don't, I'm sorry, John. I just, that is That annoys me because there's nothing there. There's nothing there there. You know what I mean? Like the, there's nothing there. Yeah, so a little bit of background for those of you who missed this. Roma, they were up one goal to zero at the time. And uh, Federico Fazio, he goes into a challenge with Stefano Okaka, who goes over quite easily. And Fazio is, is sent off. And yeah, I mean, in this one, especially with VAR, I mean, you could even make the case that Okaka should have been whistled for Booked. a dive because he, yeah. he goes down incredibly incredibly easy and Fazio ultimately sent off Roma they go down to 10 men and this was in the 30th minute so Roma plays 60 minutes uh, with 10 men now obviously they win 4-0 to zero. they put in a great performance but nonetheless the decision was absolutely maddening and the fact that what frustrated me most was almost four minutes ran off the clock uh, for this decision to be made. Uh, he goes to look at the VAR. He wastes all this time. And in the end, they still get the decision wrong. Uh, for me... That is what's baffling. That is what's it's, baffling. It's crazy. And we've said it again and again. Um, I, I think sometimes we might sound like... Um, A broken old, record here. Old boomers or something. <laughs> but we're not against VAR. Absolutely not. <laughs> it's the buffoons in charge of it. <laughs> Yes. That's exactly it, Chloe. We're, we're, we're frustrated with the implementation with it, the way it's utilized, the people in charge of it. Again, I go to the fact if somebody on their couch watching this match can get the call correct, why can the guy not in the stadium with four other people looking at the same action and he's got a video screen that he can utilize? That is a thing that I, I just can't wrap no, my head around. It's crazy. I, I, it's disgusting. It's, it, I, I've looked at this from so many angles. It's not a foul. It's, it, it literally is. They're both challenging for the ball. Fazio does not kick him. He's falling down even before Fazio touches him. He trips. I'm not. I'm. I'm even going to give Okaka the the benefit of the doubt here. I, I think he trips over himself and he falls. It's nothing. 
There's nothing there there. This is. I'm just glad that this didn't affect the game uh, in any way because Roma were just too damn good. Um, yeah, and, they were, were good. Um... And I want to tell you, I want to tell you, you, I, you know how much I love Pastore. This new role that they've created for him, ah, oh, he's a joy to watch. I, he's one of the few players in the world I'd pay to watch. I love watching Javier Pastore playing football. I, I just people. Oh. So he's done well. Obviously, Roma have been affected with uh, Lorenzo Pellegrini being out. But the one that has caught my eye above all has been not only Chris Smalling because he's been sensational. If if you if you're relatively new to the city, if you don't watch much of the city, and you're somehow stumbling upon us, um, Smalling has been sensational for Roma. You can make the argument he's been one of the best defenders in all the city this season. Um, but Gianluca Mancini has been playing in the midfield because Roma have no other options. And he has been just incredible. I'm almost tempted to say that he should not be a defender anymore and he should be this defensive midfielder because he has been incredible. And between injuries and suspensions, uh, Roma have been forced to put him in this role. Um, he's been absolutely sensational. But on the other side of things, Udinese look Absolutely dreadful. They conceded seven this past weekend to Atalanta. They conceded four, three of which came when Roma were down to 10 men. And now it looks like, or it appears as if, Tudor, by the time this gets released, he more than likely will have gotten a sack. And the name that I keep seeing, Gattuso, coming in at Udinese. For me, that's the exactly the type of manager they need. Yeah. Their problem is not tactics. They need a... Um, for for lack of a better phrase, they need a kick in the backside because their attitude stinks. It was it was it was exactly that. They don't fight for each other. They don't pay like they they don't do anything. They just looked at each other. They all played as individuals, not as a team. They didn't. I mean, it was clear that Tudor had lost the dressing room when when, when a team acts that that haplessly. Then 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 it's then you have to sack the coach. It's not about tactics. It's about that he. They they they're not listening to him anymore, and then you have to make a change. Um, and if you can, if you hemorrhage eleven goals in two games, sure, Atalanta they have one of the they have the best attack in the Serie A for sure. But seven goals and Roma with ten men shouldn't be allowed to score four. So especially away at home. So no 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 no. I I think it was the right decision. I still think that Udinese have a. I still think that they will make it. I think Gattuso would be, as you say, the ideal solution. He brings on energy. He brings on a fighting spirit and, and discipline. Um, no, I, I, I still, I, I, I think this is a good decision um, to do. But, but I got to say, Roma, Roma, Veritu, Pastore, it's, it's looking good. And when, I mean, just think about when, when all these players come back that they have on the injury list. I... I uh, I wonder if I didn't put them too um, too too low by saying they were fourth. Maybe they can even get third, given that Napoli and Atalanta are so. Can I just um, hop in and say something about Roma? Um, first of all, I saw that they tweeted that Chris Smalling was the first ever Englishman to score for them, which is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah, um, but the second thing is, um, in in so many years. Um, in, in recent history, when they've suffered adversity, they've always let their heads drop. And when when they when they seem mm, perfect, um, yep. to be struggling, like 
you know, I thought in that Europa League game when they conceded that last-minute um, goal, which obviously wasn't a penalty, I thought that was going to start a real slide for them. I thought they were going to, you know, they didn't have any players fit. And, you know, in the past, I feel that the heads would have dropped and, you know, that, that they'd get into this slide that they couldn't get out of. And then, you know, people questioning Fonseca and, you know, all these things. But actually, they've shown this real tenacity. And, you know, I, I was, um, I watched them at the weekend and I, I, I thought they were they were brilliant against Milan. I thought they really dug in. Uh, they played for each other. They didn't um, let adversity stop them. And for Fonseca to introduce this um, way of thinking that's so different for you know this this mentality is was not just uh, a recent thing. It wasn't just Di Francesco. It was Spalletti before him. Um, yeah, even Rudy Garcia before him. I mean, Rudy Garcia, the, they, the they junk was... that would come out of his mouth was obscene <laughs> at times. Yeah, and they were so um, they were so badly affected by um, things happening to them under Garcia. They would go on this slide, you know, if if anything went against them. And um, for Fonseca, in such a short space of time and with so many injuries to deal with, to say, okay, okay, come on, we've we've got this problem. Let's roll our sleeves up and get on with it. And I just think it's so refreshing to see this different aspect of Roma. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, we could talk about the play. We can talk about how they look much better at the back. I mean, last season they were hemorrhaging goals at an obscene amount with, I mean, the the change he has made, the testament to his work, in my opinion, is more about what he has done from a mental perspective. Because again, you just said it, Chloe, perfectly. Anytime something goes against this Roma um, they would drop their heads. Their attitude would be terrible. They had little to no character or personality. And something, because I was so used to you, Savio Di Francesco's garbage after a, a, you know, a poor result. Oh, we tried. They were good. Blah, blah, blah. Bravo. <laughs> um, finally, Fonseca, I, I, this may be a little crude, but finally a guy with balls. You know, I mean, he makes difficult decisions. Um, everybody knows I'm not his biggest fan, but one of the biggest talking points has turned into, oh my God, what is happening to Alessandro Florenzi? Um, Davide Santon starts over him uh, because Leonardo Spinazzola uh, had a little bit of a knock. So many would have thought Florenzi comes on. Florenzi has been benched essentially uh, for a couple of weeks now. And Eusebio Di Francesco, it doesn't matter if Florenzi made 50 mistakes. Uh, Eusebio Di Francesco keeps him on. And that's why Eusebio Di Francesco will hopefully never coach in the Serie A ever again, because he doesn't right, learn from right. his mistakes. I mean, this this seems so, because, you know, this is exactly what you say. It seems so elementary, but but you see, that's how you have to have, like you say, the balls to make those decisions. Yes, he's the captain. Yes, he's from Rome, but he's not good enough right now, so he doesn't play. As simple as. Yeah, and anyone who doesn't like it can, you know can just look at the results and and they speak for themselves then. Yeah, you know? exactly. Listen, the results speak for themselves. Um, but I do want to get your both of your opinion. Chloe, you touched upon it. The result against Milan, um, I thought Roma, you know, a lot of people were talking about Milan, they're not that good. But I, I still heard some people predicting that, that Milan would win. I think people are just writing off Roma, just how many injuries they've had to deal with. I, I can't reiterate that enough for them to get that result against Milan. If it wasn't for uh, Donnarumma, uh, Roma would have had four or five because he made two or three sensational saves. I mean, world class. 
Milan, though, oh my God, the individual mistakes. I, I, I want to make a retraction. I don't know. I want to make, make a retraction. Them. I said, I said, I think Pioli's out by April. I want to change that. He's out by February. Oh no! I mean, there's, 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 you know, the this is this is clear now that the problems at Milan are not pure. You know, now now you can see that not even the Pioli high, which is short but sweet, it's not helping. It's not working. And it's going to take some time. And I don't think they they have that time. The fan base was against him already. Uh, they were already made the Pioli out hashtag go viral before, he'd even, <laughs> before he was even announced. Yeah. I think that's probably yeah. the first time in history that's happened. <laughs> yes, definitely. And, 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 they, and, they, and they just look. That game, I honestly thought they were going to beat... Uh, Roma because because of the injuries and because of how well they looked like and and ener- the energy they had against Lecce but all it, it was Gianpaolo all over again completely fragmented completely unconcentrated um all, all over the place couldn't string two passes together and whenever they did it looked more like luck more than anything um th- this is uh, this is a di- this is dangerous i'm not saying milan will get relegated but they need to watch out. This, you know, when you have these collapses that we are seeing now, this is a collapse, especially with big teams. When things collapse in big cities and big piazzas, it's not the same pressure as when it happens at Lecce or Udinese. It's nowhere near the same. Like the the the, the mental the, the mental burden that that comes on top of these players is do not underestimate that. So I, I I really hope they sort it out because this can end really badly. We've made it almost 20 minutes. And Chloe, I have not asked you yet about Frank <laughs> Ribéry. That it took him, what is it? Today we're recording this on Halloween. So it's the 31st in October. Um, his, first, his first incident, we have it and it's before Christmas. So speaking of refereeing decisions and refereeing errors sort of being the the theme of this podcast. I want to travel back to the previous weekend. Um, <laughs> Do we have to? <laughs> I, now listen, a lot of people are giving him some stick because they're saying, oh, an older player, he should know that, you know, you obviously can't put your hands on a referee. But then I, I challenge that with, I mean, do you know who this guy is? He's one of the most passionate players ever. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not shocked, right? I don't know. I think... And I think when you have a player like Ribéry and your Fiorentina, you, you kind of have to just roll with it, really. You kind of have to just accept yeah, that's, that's how he is. I mean, obviously, it's not a good example to set to the younger players. It's not a good example to set to the younger fans that if you don't like something, then you just push them, you know. Um, but having said that, um, I'm not at all advocating violence towards referees. But I do feel that, you know, referees, they, they make these mistakes that they, that they ha- now have technology to help them and they make these mistakes. This is, this is their job. They're, they're doing their job badly. And when the stakes are so high, it matters to people. And, I, you know, whilst Ribery was totally wrong and, and he was right to get a three-match ban completely and Fiorentina were right not to contest it, um, the, the referees really do need to up their game a little bit. And, you know, there were lots of... I don't like to talk about referees. I don't like to make excuses for losing because of the referee. But, you know, there were some very dreadful decisions in that match. So, yeah, he was he was 
pretty upset in regards to that and um, goes over to the referee after the match yeah. and puts his hands on him. So he obviously receives a ban. Fiorentina don't challenge it. But I, I felt like that was made uh, – I feel like much more was made of that than what should have been. I, I thought – these past two match days, the refereeing mistakes have been borderline egregious crim- and <laughs> borderline criminal. I mean, they've been not, not literally criminal, but they've been so bad. It's, it's, it's baffling to me how this continues to happen. Let's go on to the next one. I mean, this especially, I mean, if we're talking about the worst refereeing mistakes, I think the Napoli game is a horror show uh, of, of missing clear not uh, Napoli Atalanta. Uh, I I don't understand. I mean, the Gazeta said that they supported the decision of the referee um, uh, Giacomelli to, or the VAR, not 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 Giacomelli, but the VAR to disallow um, or, or 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 not give uh, Napoli a penalty because Llorente's uh, got his elbow in 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 his face, but. You can't look at this. I'm, I'm, I'm totally with Marelli on this. You can't look at this as a fragmented piece. You have to look at the entire action. And Chiar dives into Llorente. Um, that is a huge, huge mistake. And not even that. Whatever, I think it's... I think it's, um, it's uh, Pasalic who drop kicks uh, a Napoli player. I think it's uh, Callejon. Uh, outside the penalty area, and that if that's not a red card, I don't know what is. Those two decisions are just so embarrassingly bad. And when you have the VAR, and you use you can't get get it right when you use the VAR in those situations, that's just you know you're in the wrong field of work. I mean, you you you're you're so grossly incompetent or stupid or both that you're you're not fit to do your job. It's just that simple. That. You know, and obviously, of course, Serie A being Serie A, the Serie A gods being who they are, <laughs> Atalanta equalize on the on the counter attack from that penalty from that penalty shot that the VAR didn't give, and and all hell breaks loose. So no, I to me it, this is this is getting ridiculous. This isn't the VAR. You know, when people attack the VAR, if the VAR wasn't there, this wouldn't even be reviewed. So now at least it's being reviewed. Now they have to explain themselves, saying why aren't you. Why did you make the decision you made when you have technical assistance uh, tell, you know, to, to assist you? Um, before, they could just say, oh, I got it wrong, sorry, soz. But now now they can't because that excuse is gone because they have the technical ability to, to, to look at things uh, and, and they still get it wrong. I mean, that, that, that is to me is just, I don't, I, I don't understand how you can have a video like you said, John. You're on your couch on your ass watching this, and you can make it out. Come on. Yeah, and moving away again from the refereeing mistakes in regards to to that match, Chloe. What? So Napoli, they drop points again. That's three draws in their previous four matches. What do we make of this? Because again, I, I, I would say most of us coming into this, we thought they would be along with Inter, the primary challenger for this Scudetto. But, I mean, my gosh, they keep dropping points like this, and it's maddening for me because this isn't even a question of talent. I mean, they undoubtedly have the quality within the team. Yeah, I think, you know, we've been kind of predicting this drop-off for a while. We've been questioning Ancelotti on the show 
um, quite a lot, and we've been questioning Lazio, uh, sorry, Napoli, and um, their midfield. You know, uh, being able to just run straight through it, the opposition, and um, you know, they've they've now dropped out of the top four, which I think you know I can't really remember the last time that happened because they've been so consistently uh, good uh, and and near the top, and even fighting with Juve for the Scudetto under Sarri. Um, I was thinking about this uh, earlier on and, you know, I wonder whether really, because a lot of the team was there um, under Sarri that, that is still playing now, it makes me wonder if they if they really missed that Jorginho figure in the midfield and whether now that, you know, Ancelotti can't seem to figure it out and... Um, that area does seem to be causing the problem. Whether the team has held itself together up to now, but now it's starting to really fall apart because they haven't got that quality uh, playmaker in the midfield. It, it was just a thought that I had because it's really, really hard to put your finger on exactly what the problem is. But I mean, Napoli play Roma na- um, next. And, you know, Roma... Roma are battling and fighting for each other and that's going to be a tough prospect for them. They they could really see themselves slide further down the table and lose ground to some of these teams that are, uh, are wanting the Champions League places. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot for them to worry about at the moment. There, I, I would say, especially too, I don't know if anybody saw, but Alan in the midfield hurt his knee. Uh, he will not be available for the match against Roma. And I think it was you, Nima, who has brought up with Ancelotti, this issue of being imbalanced a bit, and you take Alan out of that midfield equation, I don't know who you put centrally without lacking severe balance in that case, because I I think he's the one. I mean, other than him, do you really have more of a defensive-minded, box-to-box sort of midfielder? I don't think so. I think the problem, I'm glad you brought it up, Chloe, uh, Jorginho. I think it's it's Diavara. I think when when they sent Diavara to, to Roma uh, in exchange for, for Manolas, they, they, they not only made a problem worse, not that there's anything wrong with Manolas, it's just the fact that that midfield issue, I think, I think Diavara is the, exactly the kind of player that they're missing. Um, uh, and Jorginho, that kind of player that who has the ability to tie the defense together, but also can create play going forward to give the to to make that all important pass before the pass, pass before assist before the assist, if you will. So um, th- that that's where I see they are lacking. And also this four four two is not balanced. Um, it, it's it's it, it is not balanced, and he can't get it right. Um, and and Insigne looks like a shadow of himself. He only has these tiny bursts. Uh, I don't know. I I wonder if 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 they were. I, th- I think what he really wants to do. And I think Arik Milik. I know you like him, John. I don't understand why. Uh, because I think he's a very <laughs> like he he's a very. I mean, he's a very mediocre player. I'm not saying he's bad, but this the guy. I mean, I think against Atalanta, we saw why he's not so good. Well, why I don't rate him that highly? I don't think he's good enough to be a starting striker in a team that is to finish top three, top four. And I think against Atalanta, we saw that he 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 misses. He, he doesn't. He can't control the ball the way that Jeko does. He doesn't have the presence that um, a Ronaldo does. He doesn't, or the the killer instinct that Ronaldo does, or even the the the, the speed and the physicality that Lukaku does. He's 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 a mid he's a mid table striker. 
uh, that, that's just you know um, you know he's not bad but he's not he's not good he's not he doesn't have those top qualities that you need to have at this level if you want to be a top four team and and I think that's where it starts as well because if if, if Napoli scores three four goals against Atalanta the game is over but they don't because he he manages to knee the post and misses the ball and I, I still think that Ancelotti wants to play a 4-3-3, but he doesn't feel he has the strikers to do that. The wingers he has, but he doesn't have that number nine who who can give that to him. Because if he can play a 4-3-3, Zielinski, you know, you have you have enough midfield quality to be able to play a fourth to to, to pack that midfield centrally, and then you have Mer- you have Callejon on the wing or uh, and whoever you have on the wing, it, it, it will work. But this four-four-two just leaves a hole in the middle of the pitch, and 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 I think that starts with the number nine position. Um, so I think the Ibra, the Ibra rumor makes more and more sense. Hey, it's Chloe here from the Serie A show. If you are a true NFL fan, you will already know just as sure as the seasons change, Tom Brady will keep the Patriots in the game. Every weekend, our favourite gridiron warriors put their skills to the test, so why aren't you doing the same? We're almost halfway through the NFL season, so now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in the game with MyBookie. The best part is, if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's right, if you put in $1,000, they will give you $1,000. That's double your initial deposit that you can use on all your favourite picks. Use promo code LATEFEES to activate the offer. That's promo code LATEFEES, L-A-T-E-F-E-E-S, to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Now they face Roma. That, along with Torino, Juve, Lazio, Milan, are, are sort of the highlight matches of the weekend. So given that, Nima, do you think... How do you see this one playing out? Because, again, Roma, I, I, I fear at some point having this lack of depth because of all the injuries, will, will, we're going to see it affect them. And it's not, it's not going to be slowly. I think we're just going to see a performance that is just dreadful. And will it be this one? I don't know. But if they keep playing like they have in the past two matches, I think they at least have a chance in this one. As for Napoli, again, I, I don't know what in the world to expect because I, I, I feel like, again, they've dropped um, they've dropped points at three out of the last four. The lack of balance, Alan being out for this one. How do you see this playing out? Because, again, I, I, I could make the case for either of them winning. Exactly. It's the uncertainty. It's the uncertainty um, of uh, the uncertainty uh, of, of Roma, you know, being so stretched. You have a Napoli that are raging. I mean, Ancelotti's never been one to misbehave on the sidelines, but he is not in balance. Uh, I, you know, I've never heard him, never seen him this angry and annoyed as he is at Napoli. Uh, and it's clear that there's something not working there. Um, and he's not happy with with how things are handled. And I, don't, and I don't think it's just the club. I don't I don't think it's just the Serie A or the referees or the dressing room not being uh, not being ready. I, there's something he's not in balance. He's not he's not uh, he's not how he usually is. Uh, and I think that 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 is a cause for concern. But at the same time, if there's one thing we know about Ancelotti, it's that the players he coaches love him. They absolutely love him. You know, just to quote Ibrahimovic, called him like a second father. 
So, you know, I, I think they will go out and fight for him, for sure. But um, this this is, as you say, impossible to predict. But one thing I do predict is is goals. I think this is going to be one of those crazy matches at the Olimpico that can end 3-3, 4-4. You know what I mean? Like, it, it can go... It can really, really go go into a goal fest, um, especially with with Roma playing the way they do and Napoli playing the way they do. I mean, Na- Roma have become a really good counter attack team, and Napoli are a team that likes to impose their presence and pressure, uh, and and hold the ball and and roll out their opponents. So I think this this could end in either you know this could end. This is a really open game. And we just got word that Ancelotti will be suspended for the match of the weekend against Roma. So he will be watching from the stands. Um, moving up north, uh, Chloe, we have Torino, Juve, and Torino. I, I believe, are they the first one of the season, the first club of the season to go into Ritiro? A, one of the most beautiful Italian traditions, which I, for those who, you know, they're not that familiar with the city and they're listening to us. Um, Chloe, how could you describe it other than Generally, going into Ritiro, I don't know if anybody has kept these statistics on it, but I don't think there is much of a correlation between results and going into Ritiro. No, and um, so in a, in a Ritiro, they tend to sort of shut themselves off from the outside world, and it's um, a time when they can focus on sort of team building, and if there's been a crisis, they can try and get to the bottom of what's gone wrong they they stay together for this period of time they don't go home after training um but i thought yeah it's basically like living in uni for a week yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was gonna say that it's like returning back to university for a week <laughs> hopefully without the ho- yeah hopefully without all the wild partying i don't think that's <laughs> quite the idea <laughs> no 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 that's true how do you see this one going, though? Because Torino, they were good to begin the season. They have looked dreadful. Meanwhile, Juve, while we have already discussed how they haven't looked that convincing in their performances, they still continue to get the results. So I, yeah. I assume you believe that Juve continue this? Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably the, the worst um, time for Torino to uh, face Juve because they lost 4-0, didn't they, against Lazio? Um, and interestingly, Stefano Pioli says that he doesn't believe in Retiro now because all players do is look at them <laughs> friends. So they don't talk to each other anyway. So I don't think <laughs> maybe the Torino Retiro uh, won't be so effective. But no, I can't, you know, at the moment, I can't really see anything other than a Juve win. Uh, in, you know, <laughs> Previously under Matsari, he's got, you know, last season they did ever so well. They conceded very, very few goals. Um, but this year, it's for whatever reason, it's not really working. Um, so, yeah, it's a very bad time to face Juve. And I can't, I can't, uh, unless this Retiro put um, some kind of miraculous effect, I can't really uh, predict anything other than a Juve win. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, I think, I think it's looking more and more. Um, I mean, you can see more and more the Dybala Ronaldo partnership coming together, and and I think this, the, you know, Ronaldo he still scores from the spot or whatever, but I I think that it's going to, it's it's start, it's going it's going to be like that, you know, in Swedish we call it the ketchup effect, you know, when you're when you got a bottle of ketchup and you're shaking it trying to get it all, and all of a sudden it all comes out at once. I think against Torino side, especially this Torino side. 
Mazzari, the wheels have come off here. I've seen this movie before at Inter. Uh, it, it, this is, it's not working. They can, they have read his tactics. The the opposition can can easily waltz through it, and they can probably they they'll probably destroy Torino. I think. Um, and 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 I, I I think that Mazzari is probably the next, uh, if not the next one, then within the next two of the ones to face the chopping block. Ah. Um, the other big match now, in, in fairness, we are recording this before Milan face Spal, so maybe that will have some effect on how we feel the potential outcome of this one may be affected. But Lazio, they host, um, or I'm sorry, Lazio, they, they go to Milan. Um, Chloe and Niam, I know both of you are big Pioli fans. <laughs> and <laughs> Chloe, I know you are also a big, 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 big Simone Inzaghi fan. So this is like a yeah. derby for your Absolutely. two of your favorite managers. No, I like Pioli as a human being. I'm not so keen on Inzaghi. Is he? Well, this is a weird one because we, we we talk about not not knowing what to expect. Lazio is, is another one. You you just have no idea what you are going to get from them weekend in and weekend out. You have no idea what sort of performance to expect. You have no. I mean, that that goal from a chair to be. Oh, my God, oh, man, yeah, that was incredible. I mean, no, but one thing you can expect when Lazio plays is that Ciro Immobile will at least score one goal because this is insane. He scored twelve now in 10 games if he continues like this that that record from Higuain is gonna go is he's gonna smoke it because it's crazy uh, how how lethal he is and how he gets into those positions and, and he scores this is a guy who's already won the Capo Canionere twice uh, I think we you know he, he, we, we need to start respecting Chiro much more <laughs> no I disagree I absolutely disagree <laughs> um, I know I I have to say he's replaced Edin Dzeko as my most frustrating striker to watch ever because against Fiorentina, he was offside, 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 you know, in positions where he didn't need to be offside. He could have been onside. And then all of a sudden he clicks into gear and scores goals. And it's as an opposition um, fan watching the game, it's incredibly frustrating to see this kind of lazy, disinterested player for so much of the game, then suddenly spark into life and score goals. It's very, very strange. But now I, I do think you're right, Nima, in all seriousness. I think that we should maybe take him a little bit more seriously because he is, you know, for whatever he, he plays like for 85 minutes, for five minutes, he's brilliant and he's scoring the goal. So you can't really argue. Well, if I wanted this podcast to go an additional hour, I would ask both of you if you believe he should start for the Azzurri. But no, since no, I want to keep no, this, no. since I want to keep this under under four hours, I I mean, you want to talk about one of the most polarizing <laughs> debates? Uh, this is the one because I, I feel like there is no middle ground for that one. You either are a definitive yes or a definitive no when it comes to that question. So I will. Yeah. Uh, well, Nima already <laughs> said no. So Chloe, no, since I already no. opened yeah. it, I, I'm a no. I'm a no. No, 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 not starting, not starting. I think he's a, I think he's a great player to have on if you, you know, as a substitute when you're chasing a goal, uh, because of the fact that he, he's a, he's an opportunist. He's a striker that takes shots whenever he sees them, whenever he gets a look on goal, he fires on. But I don't think he should be a striker. I think Andrea Belotti is the best striker that Italy can hope for. Uh, he, he suits that system perfectly. 
and 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 I so no I I, I want no 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 I I like as I said I respect him he should be part of the squad but no way is he replacing Belotti. We've already declared the the Serie A show position. Yeah, and and listen, there are some player, and and that's honestly that's no knock on him as a player. I, I think he's fantastic. I mean, his goal scoring record in the league speaks for itself. But there are some players just for some reason when they put on. Um, the shirt for their national team, it just it just doesn't come off for them. I mean, we could talk about, I mean, for for Italy, I mean, you could find dozens, dozens, hours. dozens. England, all the, oh, so many countries. I mean, I remember uh, Andy Cole scoring gajillion goals in the English league. And as soon as he put on the England shirt, he, he just, it was so heavy. He looked like he was carrying, I don't know, a, a bicycle on his on his shoulders whilst running. Like it's it just no. It, I, I, it's 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 funny that how how national teams can can weigh you down sometimes like that. There's so many examples of that. But with Immobile, he seems to have found a good environment for him at Lazio. And yeah. you, you know, he, he went to Germany and Spain and did nothing. Um, you know, he he he's clearly somebody that needs to be in the right environment to be able to flourish and I, I think that is a, a, a mentality thing and and he clearly is not a massively adaptable player to different circumstances and, and I think the Italy team is probably one of those circumstances that he he's just not gonna function to his to his potential in. Can I can I just before we go, can I please just do because I'm obsessed with Sandro Tonali. If you have <laughs> if you have a chance to watch this kid do it, you won't be sorry. Chances are you'll be happy and you'll see you'll heal you'll hear you'll hear angels singing in the background because this guy is poetry in motion. And Brescia are playing against Hellas Verona away this weekend. Watch it. It won't He's the it, real deal. He is he's gorgeous to watch. He's it's ah oh, just watch it. Just watch it. Do me a favor and watch Sandro Tonali. And before I sign off, I'm going to say one thing. Keep him in the city for yes, the love yes, of God. Yes. Do not let him go like we did to Varati. Keep him in the league. I honestly do not care who yeah. who he goes to. Keep him in Agree. the city. Agree. Agree. E basta. I mean, amen. That should be amen. no debate. Amen. He, if we didn't learn from Verratti, then this, I mean... And that, and that Leonardo is already drooling. He was he was there when uh, this past weekend wa- watching him. Keep, keep his Parisian hand, keep your Parisian hands to yourself. You already got Verratti. Leave, leave the boy alone in his motherland. <laughs> like, I, I'm yes. very protective of Tonali. Do not let him go. Um, I, I don't, I'm, I'm also a little bit like that, uh, who he goes to is secondary. Just keep him in the Serie A. This this kid is is fire. This kid is fire. The vision, the shooting, the movement, the physical. Ah, keep him, keep him, keep him. Keep him in the city. Ah, you heard it here. All right, everybody. Until next time. Bye bye.